Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. How do you advise somebody when you see something like that? Is there anything that you can do? Because really, you're, you're tasked with representing them over here. But that emotional side is so big, but you... I'm, I'm assuming you see so much of the same thing happening. Yeah. I mean, my practice now is I do a lot more mediations mm-hmm. and resolving things. So, you know, I take less and less of those types of cases. Yeah. But yeah, back then it was really difficult because I had a lot. So at one time I would have like 50, 60 cases. And so, you know, without a full-time associate, it would be really hard to try to balance because, you know, everybody is on their worst behavior when they're going through a divorce. Yeah. And you have a lot of different uh, practice areas. So if you do come to Kelly uh, for services, she offers a variety of services from family law, divorce options, mediation, collaborative divorce, prenuptial agreements. I mean, you've got an entire spectrum of different things that you cover. Why so many different things? Is it because it's a derivative of divorce and all these are, are different things? Or are these actual specific things that somebody can just come and say, hey, I'm just going to do this with you now, Kelly? So I actually don't cover a lot of things. I just do family law. You just do family so the, law. Yeah. So like the law, you can be a, there's personal injury, there's criminal, there's intellectual property, there's civil. I don't do any of those laws. I only focus on family law. Got it. And within law are those issues that I discuss, which is custody, support, and property division. So the, I, I actually only do very, very limited. I'm, I'm actually what they call a certified family law specialist. So I actually have years and I've tested and you have to get recertified almost every five years. So I'm a sort I'm very highly specialized lawyer. I don't do like personal injury or immigration or anything. I just do family law. So for somebody that's going to your website, which is uh, what I was reading off of, how do they interpret that when they see like, all right, I'm going to go to collaborative divorce. How is that different from like mediation or divorce options? So mediation and collaborative divorce are two different ways you can handle your family law case, but it's just like a method. It's not an area of law. Okay. So like mediation would be if you and your spouse are not that you know, like, let's say you both have equal knowledge of the finances and you both have like generally some sort of sense about where the kids are going to go and you don't want to spend all this money on lawyers or you don't want to fight. Um, a good option would be mediation. And that's when you pick like a neutral third party, a mediator, and that mediator does not represent either of you. So I do that sometimes. So like a couple will come and I will help them craft an agreement, but I don't represent either of them. And that's mediation. And that's mediation. And uh, is is like a hybrid between litigation, which is traditional, everybody lawyers up and goes to court, um, versus mediation, which is a neutral. Um, collaborative law is when both of you hire attorneys, but the attorneys are collaboratively trained, so they try to reach an agreement using these meetings. So it's like the joint sessions that reach you to an agreement, and the collaborative attorneys promise never to go to court. So it's kind of a hybrid between... Uh, litigation and mediation. And I know that some of the questions that run, um, some of the first questions that, that people ask are like, what is the cost? Is a mediation more expensive or less expensive? So a mediation is because the costs are usually shared. Mm-hmm. Um, 
would probably be less expensive, but you are paying per session. So it really depends how many sessions you use. So basically like, you know, attorneys like anybody else is a, is a high paid hourly worker. So the more you use them, the more expensive it'll be. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with the amount of assets you have. Like a couple years ago, um, Bruce Jenner and Chris Jenner had this divorce and they didn't hire any lawyers. And even though they're worth hundreds of millions, they barely spent any money on lawyers. So it doesn't, it's usually like how much you consume. So like, you know, if you use a lawyer a hundred hours, that's going to be $50,000. But if you use a lawyer five hours, that'll be 2,500. So it's just depending how long, how much you use the lawyers. Got it. And with mediation, it's the same principle, just a different fee. What does the fee start with? Um, so for mediation, what would the fee be? Hourly. I think it's a, so for me, I have a minimum 3,500 to start okay. the mediation, but um, it runs the gamut. Yeah. Like, you know, my retainer for litigation is 15,000. I know attorneys in this town that have a hundred thousand dollar retainer. So yeah. it really just depends. But it's the same fee. So it's $500 an hour and then you start them off at 3,500. So like if somebody's coming to you for mediation, they should be prepared at $3,500 retainer. Whereas if they're coming to you for a divorce, they should be prepared for 15,000. That's correct. Okay. Excellent. Um, another question that I had was when you were inside of uh, spousal support and um, alimony and all of that stuff, what constitutes, like if somebody's going into a divorce, like what constitute those, those payments? Is there anything that they can do to prepare before seeing you? Or is that something that they learn inside the process and then you devise a, a strategy? So I think it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. um, some people are very, maybe they've been divorced before, so they really know that they're going to pay something. Yeah. Um, other people don't know anything. So I would advise them in the initial consultation what to expect. So I think with every, for me, every first step is uh, having a one hour consult with me, like a paid consult where I can sit down and go over the law and the different options you can to handle your divorce case. Got it. And how do, how would they best be prepared to enter that meeting so that they take, you know, they, they come in and it's an efficient meeting on for them. What can they do on their side? Um, maybe go through my website or maybe just information out there. Maybe talk to a friend that's been through a divorce. Mm -hmm. um, all the information, the more well-informed you are, the more prepared you are. Well, when, when I was going through my divorce, the one thing I learned was that there's, you have to file and then there's, you know, the disclosures and, and the finances. Is there somewhere that, that they can go to and find like, all right, look, this is all the paperwork that you're going to need to get in order. Cause I know that that's a conversation that I had through that I learned, but it took me a while to get there. But is there like a cheat sheet is like, Hey, you know what? You need to get all your bank statements, all your credit cards, all your properties, all your assets. Is there something that is out there in the world or that you as an attorney offer them to say, hey, look, come to me with this. It's going to save you money in the long run. So on the the L.A., if you're in Los Angeles County, the court website is actually a wealth of information. So if you go to LASuperiorCourt.org, mm -hmm. there's like so much information about divorces and like the self-help desk. So I would recommend that as a good resource if you're going through a divorce and you're trying to find the paperwork. Um, personally, I don't think paperwork takes very much time. I think the more difficulty is getting people to reach an agreement. So like if you and your, because the reality of my field is that when you split up, there's a lot of hatred and yeah. vitriol. So it's that that's preventing you from 
getting an agreement. If you and your ex can sit down like rational people and reach an agreement, the paperwork is really a walk in the park. So I don't think that you should be, people should be as concerned about like the procedural way, you know, cause people are always like, what documents do I have? Yeah. It's like, that's really not the concern. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like going to war and people are worrying about their uniform. <laughs> it's like, maybe you should learn <laughs> like what war is about and you know, what fights they're going to be, maybe learn some self-defense, but don't worry about, you know, how you're going to look. But I, so that's how I feel about paperwork. The paperwork is really no, it's not a big deal. It's just like getting to an agreement. And most people, the reality is when they leave, it's like, I hate you. I want to get everything. You get nothing, you know, yeah. it's your typical, what you see in the movies. And that's what you have to get over. I, rem I remember uh, Michael Douglas, War of the Roses, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. and that's those are the movies, unfortunately, that people model their behavior. So last year, a really good movie came out called Marriage Story. Oh, and that that's beautiful. a really good movie, and I think more realistic, you know? Yeah. Because everybody, you know, when you see like War of the Roses, people are throwing <laughs> stuff. There's domestic violence, there's blood or in law and order. They're like shooting each other and killing themselves. Like that's not the reality you want. You know, you want something that's less full of drama. If you're going to part, you know, it sucks to be cheated on. It sucks to be cut off. It, you know, it sucks to be betrayed, but you have to learn that the law doesn't really compensate you for that. You know, there's no way a judge could be like, you know, you cheated and you don't pay support, you know, or it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. You know, so a lot of times people like I had this poor client. Um, he always had this stay at home housewife. She never worked and she got pregnant with another man's baby and he still had to pay support, you know? So it's like his wife did all that. He was just a hardworking man and he went to work every day. Um, the marriage wasn't nurtured. So she got pregnant. Um, they had two other kids. So he still, you know, the law doesn't give you compensation for something wrong that the other person did, especially if it's your spouse. Wow. So I, yeah, and I understand. It really sucks. Like, what can you say? You know, what can you say? Yeah. I also had a client once that he had a disabled child from his prior marriage and, you know, having disabled children or children with disabilities is really, really tough on a couple. It's almost, it's one of those things that you don't know, right? It's just, it's so hard when your child is born with a disability. Um, so he basically had an affair and got another woman pregnant. And then, you know, so it's like marriage is so hard. And, and yet at the consultation, he was just crying, sobbing because you know, everybody villainizes him, right? Mm -hmm. Your wife is at home caring for your disabled child and you're having an affair. And he's like, that's not the way it was. It just became like so much. Yeah. And our, we didn't have a marriage. And then I have this secretary at work that was catering, really coming on. And then, you know, you know how it works. It's not as black and white as people think. Like, usually it's like, you're the cheater, you're the villain. But you don't see what goes on behind closed doors. Right. You don't yeah. see if the wife is withholding sex or the wife is cheating or like, you don't know, you only hear one side and then you paint the other side as evil. And it's a problem these days because of the internet, 
you know, they have the mob cancel culture. Mm -hmm. Most of the time people just hear one side of the story and it's usually the side that's more adept at social media. And then the other side is immediately a child molester, a pedophile. You don't even hear the whole story. And that's how I feel about divorce is like everything is supposed to be behind closed doors. And the moment you make it public, you're trying to sway an opinion. But I personally think everybody should do their divorce behind closed doors. And if, it's, if you're going to part, I really think that you should do it as amicably as possible. I mean, clearly you should get your half, you know, but you shouldn't try to smear the other side, not even if they cheated on you. I just, you need to move on, you know, and with heavy therapy, I always work with good therapists. You can do it. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.